Why do I feel like I'm on the prices right every time Steve does a, the Bible reading? <laughs> oh, good morning, church family. It is great to be together. Thanks for braving the fog. It was snow last week. It's fog this week. And here we are. Praise God. There are many inspiring racing and sports stories out there that inspire us and captivate our, our imagination, uh, where people compete and win in dire circumstances and against all odds. Maybe uh, the racing story that has inspired the most of us was not chariots of fire, but the tortoise and the hare. This has inspired millions of people. One of Aesop's fables over the years, a story that has taught generations a valuable lesson. That is, where upon the proud rabbit's mocking of the tortoise's seeming weakness, the perceptive tortoise challenges the hare to a race. And we all know what happens. The tortoise sets out at his own pace, which is slow, you might imagine. Uh, but he sets out disciplined and resolved to never stop. The hare, on the other hand, who's gifted with a variety of things, doesn't have the character, and he took a nap. And that disciplined and resolved tortoise won the race. And as kids, we cheer. Yeah, it's amazing. And the tortoise's lesson at the end of the fable, do you remember his last line? It says, you see, my friend, said the tortoise with a smile, slow and steady, wins the race. Remember that one from childhood or maybe more recently? Well, good morning once again, Community Grace and friends. And uh, if you were here last week, then as Steve referred to, we launched a just a two-week series, Vision and Goals 2021. And we're going to finish that today, obviously. Uh, we started with vision last week because any organization, especially churches, need to see where God is taking us, need to see what the future looks like, and, and so we can organize and be united in that vision for the future. Uh, we identified that the world is changing in a lot of ways, and what is demanded of a church in such a time, and the glorious impact that we can make as a church who responds well to the ever-changing world. That was last week. Today, what we're going to do is draw out from God's Word our individual responsibilities, callings disciplines, resolves, and purposes, the aims that we have in this message, Goals 2021, Obtaining God's Prize. So if you pull out your sermon notes from your, from your bulletin, and if you didn't get one, again, I, I think you need one. So raise your hand if you didn't get one, and Aaron's got them, and he'll, he'll hand it to you. I see one hand. Go ahead and take a look at those. And as you're pulling those out, I want to celebrate just for a moment and announce this is an exciting announcement, that uh, it was so good to kick off the new year and new service schedule last Sunday, and both services combined was our best attendance so, since we started regathering last May. So praise God for that, and welcome back uh, to gathering. Thanks so much for coming, and there's always going to be room to, to continue inviting the community. That is our mission, so we're always going to make sure there's room for that, whatever that takes. Let's look at God's word together, the passage that Steve just read, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. The Apostle Paul <clears throat> writes, do you not know that in a race, we're speaking of races here today, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain that prize. Every athlete 
exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable reward. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Let's look at uh, Paul's intended purpose here for writing these words. He wrote to the church in Corinth, Greece, which is well known in ancient history as a place with Olympic Games. And in specific, in this time when Paul was writing this, the Isthmian Games were going on of running, wrestling, and boxing. And they were familiar, as familiar to his readers as basketball is to Indiana. That's pretty familiar, right? That was their culture. That was going on in their day. Now, in this text, as he writes 1 Corinthians, he's addressing Christians who have become casual in their walk in Christ. Today, we might call that kind of person a cultural Christian, Christian in name only, not really in any kind of a vibrant, faithful walk with Christ, no discipline in the Christian life, taking seriously uh, Christ's demands. And he tells us there's a danger of losing our reward through a lack of commitment to Christ. A wrestler once asked his coach, Coach, can't I smoke and drink and have a good time and still wrestle? And the coach replied, Yes, you can, but you can't win. See, in this text, Paul tells us what it takes. Discipline, self-control, with aim, with purpose, to obtain God's prize, to not be disqualified. Runners run and athletes compete because that's who they are and that's what they do. And that's the same with Christians. We follow Christ. That's what we do. That's who we are. Now, in Paul's day, if you look at the text again, the, pre, the, the prize again was a wreath made of perishable flowers. I mean, people disciplined themselves and gave their lives to win this wreath made of flowers that would perish and wither away. It's a perfect picture of the meaninglessness of a self-centered life. And so in contrast, Paul says, we have a gift that never perishes. That's God's prize. Now, it's very important for us to ask and identify what that prize is and what it's not. What are we talking about exactly? God's imperishable prize. It's important to clarify that that is not our salvation. Do you understand our salvation is not a prize, it's a gift. We don't discipline ourselves and have self-control to earn salvation. That's not God's prize. That was a gift. Jesus earned our salvation. See the, see the clarification there? Because you know, half the Christian world has this wrong. Our salvation is a gift from God. So what are, what are we talking about here? What is the imperishable prize? Here's what it is. It's God's calling for your life, okay, and yours is different than anybody else's, and it is his reward for your faithfulness, his reward for your worship and your service. What father doesn't like to give good gifts to his children, God says, how much more so do I love to give good gifts, rewards. So it's your calling, it's your worship, it's your faith, it's your service to him. It's the crown of righteousness in heaven that we receive for what we do on earth. It's what every athlete wants, to win that prize and not to be disqualified. No, no professional athlete or runner wants to be disqualified, wants to ride the bench. Same thing with the Christian life, Paul says. We do not want to be bench warmers for Jesus. That's not our position on the team, Right? He says, all of us, at the end of the race, 
should want to hear from Christ, well done, good and faithful servant. I saved you by my grace, and you honored that salvation. You glorified me by your faithfulness, and the world was changed through you just in the way that I had created you to serve. Now, enter the joy of your master, where I have a reward for you. So we're talking about running the race of life. That's what we want. That's our vision. And today, we're talking about setting goals to make that happen. I want to be clear, life is, is a marathon, it's a race, and there's a lot of bumps and bruises and trials and obstacles along the way, amen? But our mission is clear, the course, our, our salvation is secured in Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit, and he gives us now this race to run. So in order to have that discipline and that self-control and, the, and to keep our eyes on the aim that he's given us, we set goals for our life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And in your bulletin, along with your sermon notes, you find an extra sheet of paper that says, my goals for 2021 at the top. Now, I am completely aware, trust me, that there are some of you who are very wired to set goals and be structured, and others of you have a God-given personality not to be so much so. And I understand that. But I want to challenge everybody to start thinking in terms of being disciplined uh, for godliness and pursuing Christ, Christ-likeness and holiness that he has set up for us. It's important, and I think this will help everybody, no matter what your uh, personal wiring is in relation to setting goals. So bear with me here as we talk about setting goals. And we're going to look at setting goals in five areas of your life. Let's look at these, five categories of goals. Now, I've been working on goals in all these areas of my life for 20 years because of one primary reason. My old boss. For 19 years, I had a boss, Pastor Jim Kennington, who had become himself convinced of the importance of of goals. And here's a picture of my 2020 goals. I I don't know if you can read that, but you see the five categories. Spiritual growth, family, personal and professional, and ministry. For me, those are the same, so there's only four sets of goals. Uh, Ministry is my profession. Um, If it's not yours, then you're going to have five uh, different goals that you see on this sheet. We're going to talk real briefly about being intentional and disciplined in all five of those areas this morning, okay? So there's not a lot of time to spend on any one of them, um, but we're going to set 2021 off to a good start in these areas. So I I wanted to say, Pastor Jim... um, demanded all of his staff to set goals. And we didn't always like it, uh, but this is the fruit of 19 years of setting goals. So you see a lot of goals up there, right? Most people don't start like with that, uh, but over the course of 19 years, it just kind of develops being held accountable to those. And I tell you, his staff didn't always like that, uh, but we all, all appreciated it. And, uh, and he made us uh, better and more fruitful in our in our lives. And I want to pass that very thing on to you from Scripture uh, into practical living. So we have these five categories of goals, and they're drawn from, and we can set goals and just have some direction for our lives by looking at six categories of questions. And that's what we're going to do for the rest of the day this morning. We are holistic people. And I, as I get older, the more I realize if any one area of your life is suffering, the rest follow, right? I'm sure you've noticed that. That is biblical. Third John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. 
So this is a very biblical concept. We are all connected, every area. And so we make goals for the health of all of them. So let's look at these six categories of questions. And this is a real, I mean, this, this entire sermon is, is a conversation between you and God, and it's, it is one just giant next step. What of these is God leading you to do starting today for, for 2021? I can't wait to hear some of your answers as time goes on. Okay, the first set of questions is re- emotional and relational questions. I'll say the first two right up front. Is there anyone whose forgiveness I need to seek? And is there anyone I need to forgive? Now, I'm starting here for a very specific reason. Because if there is any unforgiveness in your life, and there very well may be, at least some. If so, reconciliation is a higher priority than worshiping God. Now, how can that be? Hear these words from Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. If you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. This is extremely important to God. It's extremely important to you and to Christ's mission. When you don't forgive, you're the one who suffers. The unity of God's people is broken. Hurt remains between you and other people, not peace. And so God says, first, go and be reconciled. That precedes all the rest. So I would say that many of us may have just identified our first goal for 2021. And you can write the name down of that person that you're thinking of right now, or maybe just code, so in case you're sitting next to you, maybe. Uh, But you know what you need to do, first of all. Write that down on your goals sheet, where it fits in the five categories. Next, in emotional health, where is the clutter in my life? Hebrews calls this laying aside every weight that hinders your race. All right, we're going to lay this aside. What do you need to purge to get rid of or reduce in your life? Is it some relationship drama? Maybe so. Is it too many possessions? Your possessions do start to possess you when you have too many of them, right? Cast that aside. Is it time wasters? We have a lot of those in our culture. Time wasters. We can't waste that time that God entrusts to us. A good one right now to be, might be to watch, to watch less media. It might be a great thing for you to take a 30-day media fast, or at least a week. I would highly encourage that. It's been extremely successful in our lives every time we've done that. Maybe to cut down your screen time by 25%. Any other bad habits that are hindering your walk with Christ? And I would guess that it's easy for you to think of one or two of these areas that you need to purge or give up as we put away childish things and and grow on to maturity, or as we put off the old self and put on the new self in Christ. So write those down as a goal where it fits in the five categories. And that takes us to spiritual questions, the second set of questions. And the first one to ask yourself today is, am I closer to God than one year ago? This is an extremely valuable self-diagnostic question. And again, I would love to know all of your answers to that question. Will you, would you say yes or no, and why? Well, 2021 is going to be filled with plenty of highs and lows, like every other year is. 
But the fact is, you can grow closer to God in the highs and the lows with a plan, with a spiritual growth plan. And so my next question is, what is my spiritual growth plan for 2021? Let me again express the urgency of having a spiritual growth plan. Do you remember in Revelation chapter 3 what God said makes him sick? Lukewarmness. Revelation 3.16 and the verses that follow. God's caution to the church in Laodicea is this. They think highly of themselves while doing virtually nothing. Because of this lukewarmness, God says, I will spit you out of my mouth. But the one who accepts discipline and conquers will sit with me on my throne. So which one are you going to be in 2021? One, a Christian who does virtually nothing for Christ and is spit out of God's mouth, or one who conquers for Christ and is welcome to sit with him on his throne? God is great. He is, I mean, he doesn't mess around, (laughs) and he's serious. So here are seven areas that your spiritual growth plan needs to include. And each one could be its own sermon, and that's not the point today to get too far into each, but just to have a comprehensive picture. These are the things I need to to have discipline in my life and commit to. First one is Bible reading. This is God's living, breathing word. Here's what it says about itself. It is what the Holy Spirit works his power through. You know there's life-changing, world-changing power in this. Why have it sit on your shelf? This is what makes you, uh, first, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, this is what makes you fully equipped for every good work that he has set for you. Fully equipped for everything he's calling you to do. Right here. Joshua 1, 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's every day. So that you may be careful to do what is written in it, and it's filled with all kinds of stuff that you need for your life. For then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So this is, a God, this is a goal, to be in this book, have an open Bible in your life every day. And this is what God says. It's very, very clear. So this needs to make it on your goals sheet to run this discipline race, right, Bible reading plan where it fits in your goals. And on our website, we have a variety of uh, tools and plans on the resources page if you don't know where to look. Uh, but this is the information age. It's, it's easy to find plans and, uh, and definitely an accountability group or partner, a commitment, uh, especially within your family, would be a great, great thing. Okay, prayer is next. You've got to talk to the God who's speaking to you. Talk to the God who created you, who loves you, who calls you, who grows you. Talk to him. And sometimes that takes a disciplined plan. It did for Jesus, too. In Mark 135, We read, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place to pray. It does take discipline. That's why they're called spiritual disciplines, and they're a good thing. Discipline turns into joy in a a short amount of time. Next is church attendance. We are commanded to gather. We've talked about that a lot in the last couple few weeks. We're commanded to gather, to worship God together, to learn and edify each other through all of these things that we do in our church life for this race that we're enduring together. So set a goal for your church attendance and not just to be a weekend Christian, but a small group, relational environment, personal discipleship, 
uh, Christianity is all about relationships as well. The church has always eaten together, studied together, shared their lives together, shared their possessions together, shared their grievances and burdens and joys, and serving together on Jesus' mission. And the Lord adds to their number in faithful obedience to this, to being together. If you're not in a small group, I encourage you to, to get in one. Uh, the list of small groups is out on the connections table or on our website, and they kick off next week. But it's any time is a good time to join one of the open groups. They want to be full, so please, now's the time uh, to get in our community. Next is making disciples. This is our great commission. This is just saying to other people, hey, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ in the Word. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, in the word, in prayer, uh, don't overthink it. Just connect with people and pour into someone this year. This is a goal you can write down. How many people or which people am I going to pour myself into this year in obedience to Christ? Giving. We're going to talk about giving more in just a minute. Set some giving goals. And then seven, serving. These are stewardships. God has given us new life and gifts to give back. So, some of you need to have a goal to start serving in a ministry. Some of you might need a goal to reduce the amount of serving that you're doing because nobody needs to burn out. Right? We do want to care for that. So whatever the goal is uh, fitting there. All right, we're making good progress. The third questions are financial questions. First is, are my finances in order? Again, self-reflection. Answer this honestly right now. Are my finances really, really in order? And if the answer is no, we can work on that. The church is here to help. It is. So here's a couple specific questions. How can I grow as a generous and faithful giver? Both biblical concepts, generous and faithful. And do I have a plan to get out of debt and get them in order in 2021? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 I just want to read this verse, says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God loves a cheerful giver. At this point, I want to, um, I want to praise, uh, praise God. I want to celebrate our Christmas offering and give a little update on that. We launched the Christmas offering for four very valuable purposes and you know what I've learned through that? I've learned that community grace is amazing. <laughs> We've almost hit our goal, and we still have all the rest of January to go. I'm going to encourage you to keep that up, keep being faithful. But let me also challenge you to be open to supporting Christ's global mission as well. As we hear from missionaries around the world, they're struggling. COVID-19 has made already a, a difficult mission in life, extremely more difficult and complicated and a lot of the giving and support has gone down. So leave a place in your heart if you are able uh, to give some extra support to our missionaries as well. God will honor that. I just read the verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that said he will. So one simple biblical and effective principle that can change your entire financial life immediately, and I have loved this, been challenged by this over the years, and I want to pass this on and stir each other up, on this is the 70% principle of lasting wealth. Apply this. We'll start changing your life spiritually and your finances. The first 10% goes to God. 
The second 10% goes to debt, or if you're out of debt, an emergency fund. The third 10% goes to savings. And the key to this principle is learn to live on 70%. That might require some changes, huh? Jesus lived simply. That's what we have to remember. He's the one we follow. And we can do this. One of my goals for Community Grace is that Financial Peace University will always be offered at this church. I was, that's one, thing, one of the things I was so excited to learn about this church is that that's been going on a long time. And I want to call up now Scott and Ann Schramm, our faithful Financial Peace University leaders. Would you welcome them as they come up and share their testimony for us? Thanks for your faithfulness and for getting up here to tell us more about it. Good, good morning. My name is Scott Schramm, as he said, and this is my wife, Ann. We started about 10 years ago in FPU during our daughter Marissa's senior year of high school. We had heard enough um, to know that we would probably agree with FPU and knew she would listen more to Dave than um, to dad at this point in her life. <laughs> Little did we know that we would find a bunch of stuff that would help us gain some control of our money. Along the way, it has also helped Ann and I to talk money together and put us on the same page. Not my page, not Ann's page, but our page. Two of Dave Ramsey's sayings were probably true for us. Number one, planning for the future is hard when you're still paying for the past. Proverbs 22, seven says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. By working to get out of the debt and avoiding new debt, we have been able to plan for the future better and to feel more freedom to give to church and to others in need. Tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. <laughs> Hebrews 12:11. no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those that have been trained by it. With some discipline, we have learned how to tell our money where to go and able to develop a plan for both the present and the future. We have now been leading FPU classes for at least seven years. There are a few reasons we have continued to lead these classes. Number one, we're slow learners and maybe slow to make changes. We find something new each time that we need to focus on or do. And secondly, it has encourages us to stay on the same page with each other. We need to do our spending plan if we expect our class members to do theirs. Our third one, if by offering FPU to our church body, our attenders have their personal finances in order, then together our church should be healthier financially. And fourthly, we look at the top reasons, or when you look at the top reasons for divorce, finances are always near the top, depending on which survey you look at. We love the creation of marriage and the family, and while neither one of us are marriage counselors, if we can help families and uh, marriages in this way, uh, then it's really a worthwhile thing. We would love to see you join our class. Uh, details are in the bulletin as far as times and dates. Um, it's great to be together in class to share ideas, struggles, accountability, 
but we try to keep it pretty low pressure. We're not going to ask you, you know, how much money you make or, you know, what's, how much money you're spending in different areas. It's kind of open to what you feel comfortable with sharing. Um, just a chance to learn together. Do let us know or let the church office know if paying for the class is a financial burden, and uh, we don't want that to be a uh, reason for you not to do that. We'll, we will figure that one out. Thank you. All right. Let's give him a hand one more time. And you can, you can really see your, uh, your happiness on that, you guys. Your financial peace uh, spills over. Saw the instructions on the screen and in your bulletin. We'd love to have you sign up. Um, okay, let's move on to number four. The, uh, the fourth area of questions are physical questions. And the first question is, how healthy am I right now? And am I okay with that? Now ponder this for a moment. God says plenty about how important our bodies are to him, to us, to our stewardship. There's a reason that doctor visits always start by measuring your height, weight, blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, all those diagnostics, those basics that they check for. And that's because they largely reflect how healthy you're living and when we're improving in those areas, every other area can follow. So the next question is, what is my plan for discipline in my life physically? And I'm not talking about just a desire to improve, but an actual plan and you know that setting an actual plan, having accountability and some goals will help you get to where you want and need to be. And so some basic goals, ideas, and you might want to write these down. Pray, follow God on this. To an exercise goal to burn consistent calories. I talked to uh, Mel Regeer last week. He said he and Cindy hit their goal of uh, 500 miles walking last year. That was only a partial year. But that was a big number. But their goal for this year is 800 miles together. So very impressed by that, and uh, that's a lot of good time as well. Um, great goal. Eating goals to match that exercise goal. And for me, weight goal, setting a weight goal has always been good because if you have a weight goal, you just you, you figure out the nutrition and, and everything else and exercise routine that you need to hit that goal. It's a tangible number. Well, you can do the research and prayer and, and be faithful in that area. Um, and figure out what your goals need to be. We've learned through COVID this year that what we should have always known, and that is we need to keep our immune system boosted. And I've been grateful for, for all that encouragement and, and um, science that's come out, knowing what vitamins uh, I need to take. And it's plenty worth the money and the research uh, to make sure you're, you're living in a healthy way, especially uh, these days. So write down those goals to care for that body, that temple that God uh, lives in and entrusts you with to win his race, to obtain God's prize. Fifth is family and relational questions. How would I rate, here's a question for you, how would I rate the health of my marriage or other most significant relationships? And you can write those in if you're not married. And what can I do to help move them towards a 10 this year? Here are some ideas of goals you can set that will get you to relational health. Pray together. There's nothing bigger than that. It's not just a cliche that the, the family that prays together or the, the friendship that prays together stays together. This is the best thing you can do for a relationship. So set some goals. How am I going to go about praying? How often? And that will help you get there. Uh, singles, set some healthy, constructive relationship goals. You can determine those. 
And oh, how important that is in all, all ways. And you keep hearing those testimonies. I set this goal when I was single for these relationships, and wow, it just made all the difference. Husbands, I want to encourage you to set a date night goal with your wives because it doesn't happen otherwise. Life's too busy, so set that goal. Those kind of things. Game nights per week instead of a screen. Um, family ministry or mission. Uh, those kind of relational goals and lots more. Write these down on your goal sheet where they belong. And then finally is the professional questions. What are my educational or skills improvement goals for 2021? Again, because we're holistic, we want to cover all of life to win God's prize. So you might set a reading goal or classes to complete this year, skill sets to improve, professional achievements, whether that's to move up in your career right now or a complete change. This is between you and God. This is a holy, holy thing for you to get his vision and set some goals in order to put the discipline needed in your life to achieve them. A couple things as I close. Goals are not covenants. They're not promises. You shouldn't, if you go back to my long list of goals, I didn't hit them all this year. That's totally fine. I did a lot better than I would have if I had never been intentional, and that's the idea. So there's no shame and guilt for missing a goal. Um, and God says, make covenants very sparingly. So th this is not what that is. The goals are to increase your discipline, your accountability, and it's a great, great tool. Uh, if you'd like assistance with this, feel free to ask, uh, and I'll give you what I can, or maybe ask a small group leader might even be better since you're connected relationally. And if you'd like a copy of my goals, I'm happy to email them to anyone who will share their goals with me in return. Is that a deal? All right. Uh, for next steps, here's what would be good to do right now. The first one is to circle the areas in your notes. We've covered, you know, comprehensively your whole life here. Uh, circle the areas that you commit to focus on this year that need the most attention right now. And then I'm going to encourage you to fill out one of those communication cards that's in your bulletin and drop that in the offering box on the walls uh, for prayer. You do that and you will receive the blessing of a very large prayer team in this church to pray for you as you, as you launch this focus. And second, getting a little bit more specific, write down and share at least the 10 goals from on that sheet this week. So if you set a goal this week to identify 10 goals and share them with someone, spouse, a friend, a small group, anybody, now you're talking about intentionality. A great statement is a goal is not a goal until it is written down. Until it's written down, it's just a hope or a desire or a theory, something that's floating in the air. Write it down and share it with somebody this week. Now, here's my benediction as we close and launch into everything else that God has for us in 2021. Is this, having launched 2021 with a vision and a plan for our church and our own personal race, may we partner with each other to obtain God's prize. Let's close in prayer. We gotta thank you so much for the opportunity to, like Scott and Ann said, uh, we preach, we teach, we encourage, we reap that benefit, and so I'm so thankful. I pray that that is everybody's experience, that we all encourage each other and build each other up, uh, have clarity, exhort each other to love and good deeds, and that we get disciplined to pursue Christ as you've commanded and instructed. I pray that we'll just be faithful 
And then whatever the world throws at us this year, we'll be ready. Our mission is clear. Our guide is clear. Our God is clear. You're so good. We thank you. And now we're going to respond to you in, our, in the worship of our uh, singing and giving and everything else this day holds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.